my gosh, so amazing when you get to experience God's presence and when you get to experience his will, which is freedom happening in our hearts and minds in the room. That is a wonderful thing. I could go home right now. <laughs> it's so good. But we'll stick around because I got some I got some things to share. Okay. Turn this around. Okay. Let's just let's just hit the ground running. When we say yes to Jesus as Lord, we are saying yes to everything that comes under his lordship. We don't get to pick and choose what we will and won't do. When we've said yes to the Lord, we've said yes to all of it. If servant, uh, let's, yeah, let's keep going. So if Lord, practically, if Lord is coming out of your mouth, if you're professing Jesus as Lord, servant should be written in your heart, meaning you do what God says to do. Rebellion is the one that gets in there and goes, well, that sounds great, but I'm going to do this. We don't want to do that. We want to be fully free and alive in Christ, doing all that God has for us to do. Okay. I am gonna, I'm going to speed through some verses, so forgive me if I go kind of quick. If you ever need the addresses for any of this stuff, uh, if you can catch me and you're writing it down, or if you just want to listen through the recording afterwards, that's a great way to do it. But I, I got a lot of ground to cover, so I'm just going to go. So in Matthew 23, 25 through 26, it reads this. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, if you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence, you blind Pharisee. First wash your hands uh, first, wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. Where's Jay going with this? Trust me, it's going to be good. Okay, so what, we, what I want us to recognize here is that they were accused of having a lot of head knowledge, but on the inside they were empty, whitewashed tombs. Later on in the verse it reads, full of bones and decay. There was nothing in there. The point was there's no relationship they had the head knowledge, but not the relationship. Okay, keep going. In Matthew 7, 21 through 23, it reads, Not everyone who calls, on, uh, calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of the Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Okay, so this is highlighting, they used God's name. God's power and authority. They, they used God's name. They called him Lord, Lord. But he's pointing out, but I never knew you. There was no relationship there. There was no relational equity. Um, again, he points back to the importance, the, the relationship, the personal relationship. Okay, one more. In Luke 17, 5 through 10, it reads this. And the apostles said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. The Lord answered, if you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. When a, bless you, when a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of his sheep, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No, he says, prepare my meal, put on your apron, and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. In the same way, when you obey, when you obey me and what I say, sorry, 
I'm going to read that again. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. In this parable here, the focus wasn't on how great they were or what they did or what they were capable of doing. The focus was brought back to relationship between the servant and the one they served. A personal relationship with God where you are professing him as Lord, you have to have the heart of a servant. The Lord cares very much about the personal relationship with him. In the kingdom of God, our relationship with him is a process of discovery. You learn as you go. You don't get to have everything figured out beforehand, and you don't get to pick and choose. You learn as you go. Okay, so we've been talking about, and Pastor Ryan's been doing an amazing job um, of talking about the idea, the power in what comes out of your mouth, what is spoken out loud. I want to continue, continue in that theme this morning, but I, I want to talk about the other side of it, what's spoken in secret, what's spoken in the heart. In Matthew 6, 6, the Bible refers to, as the, refers to the heart as the secret place. And it's secret because what goes on there, what is said there, is hidden from the sight of everybody else. All except God, follower of Christ or not, God sees all hearts. And I don't want to do this. Yeah, let's go. So I'm going to give you some addresses for that. The God sees all hearts, believer or not. In Psalms 44, 21, it says, If we have gotten the name of our God or spread our hands in prayer to foreign gods, God will absolutely know we've done it. For he knows the secrets of every heart. Psalms, uh, 1 Samuel 16, 7 but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by the outward appearance or the height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not see things as we see them. People, jub the, <laughs> jub. People judge the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Jeremiah 17.10. But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Proverbs 21.2. People may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. And then last one, a little bit more lengthy. 1 Kings 8, verse 37 through 39. We're familiar with some of this. If there is a famine in the land or a plague or crop disease or attacks of locusts or caterpillars, or if your people's enemies are in the land besieging their towns, whatever disaster or disease there is, and if your people, Israel, pray about their troubles, raise their hands towards the temple, then hear from heaven where you live and forgive. And my point, give your people what their actions deserve, for you alone know each human heart. If it's said in the secret place, if you say it in your heart, you may as well be whispering it into God's ear. He hears it all. He sees it all. I want to share a testimony with you. A while ago, I was on my way into service, and it was early, uh, earlier in the morning, um, so there wasn't a lot of people here, and I was on my way, and I was coming from the kitchen direction, and I'm coming, uh, maybe that wasn't an important detail, but I'm coming this way, and I go to turn the corner, and one of, um, one of the kids here at the church has a tub full of these banners, 
And he turns the corner, and in my heart, I said, man, I would never do that. I would never pick one of those things up. It was in secret, in private, in my heart. I just passed, and I got about five feet down the hallway, and the Spirit of God, there was a conviction there. There was a conviction there. The heart behind what I was saying was, there's a bit of a limit to my worship, God. There's a bit of an attitude in that, in that secret place. Okay, so I came in, and I, I, I felt convicted. And I knew, I'm like, I judged poorly. That came from the wrong heart, God. That, the attitude behind that thought wouldn't have pleased you. So I came in, worship started, and uh, the banners got broken. I didn't know Jen was going to grab banners today during worship. That's why Sushi did. I'm like, awesome, because nobody knew I was going to share this testimony. And so I looked, and I, I warred with that for all of worship. I like to think now I'm a bit quicker to it. But I remember going back and forth and back and forth. But I remember, I'm like, I just need to be obedient. And you know what, God? I'm sorry. That wasn't the right thing for me to do. I'm going to write that wrong. And so... Um, Quick to obey me? No. I waited till the last song. And I remember I walked to the back where they had the banners. And I remember I picked one up. And I'm just like doing this. It gets better. And I'm just like, okay, okay, in the back. And one of the youth comes over, little little one. And she goes, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I remember just like. And I learned something very useful, which I'll share with you. And so I got down, and I was like, uh, okay, so what, what do I got to do? And she grabbed it, and she said, you got to do this. <laughs> and she's just doing this. And it clicked. There was something I was doing out of obligation, but there was something she was doing out of love and joy. And so I grabbed the banner, I unknotted it, and I, I started, like, doing a kick. And it was interesting because the more free I got, the more free in here I became. Now, you don't see me with a, a banner or a tambourine every church service worship session because that wasn't the point. The point was our heart is to be a pure place. So when things that aren't of God, that don't originate from his influence, get in there, he sees it and he wants that stuff out because there's supposed to be a freedom that happens inside my heart, my relationship with him, my personal relationship with him. That was the point, and I learned a very, very valuable lesson. And I remember looking at the, the little kid, and I was like, I'm so thankful they just came over and just said that because, you know, somewhere along the way, you almost lose a little bit of that, that wonder. And I was like, not today. I'm getting that back. Back there, like, looking like a weirdo in the back. But it was good because I got free, and worship for me has never been the same. When God reveals something to us, it's for the purpose of drawing you deeper. The relationship deepens. Okay, let's keep going. Okay, so I want to talk about how we guard our hearts against those types of destructive words, the things that kind of come in and cause problems internally. A few things we have to recognize, one of which is we need to recognize when we're saying something we shouldn't. Sin should be identified as sin. We need to be able to recognize when something is spoken that, oh, Maybe that's not God, okay? And we need to be able to put the right words in our hearts because in the same way something negative can come in, well, I would never do that. Well, that's dumb. 
In the same way that can come in and, and rob you of freedom, a word of truth put there by the Lord, you grow. Obedience brings blessings, the blessings of transformation. You grow, life comes. Disobedience brings curses, the curse of staying stuck in sin, the curse of staying stuck in whatever you let yourself jump into. And we don't want that. We want um, blessings. If my family is watching right now, uh, they're probably all laughing because that was a common um, saying that was thrown around uh, when we were growing up in the house. Uh, obedience brings blessings. Disobedience brings curses. So uh, if you're watching, guys, I love you. Mom, Dad, I was listening. Um, <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Okay, so I'm going to briefly recap because I kind of tangented. Uh, so we want to be able to recognize things that shouldn't be there, and we want to put the right words there. Okay, and again, this is all within the context of how we have a healthy personal relationship with God. Okay, Matthew, we're there a lot today. It's a great book. Matthew 6, uh, 22 through 23 reads this. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for the whole body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light that you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. You'll never get free from something you don't recognize you are bound to. The interesting thing about the devil is this, from the beginning of time, we look at the beginning of time, we look in the garden, the devil only needed half a truth to rob humanity in full. That's his game. That's what he does. So if I can mix enough partial kind of truth into something and I can get you to take a bite of it and justify it and think that that's okay, that thing is going to wreak havoc in your heart. He's going to war where God wants to live. That's his game. Always is, always, always has been, always will be. So we want to beat him, we want to beat him at it. Okay. This is pretty cool because then you go, well, okay, well, how does that work? How do, I, how do I recognize something that I'm blind to? We don't go through life trying to, like, find sin in us. No, we just don't go through life blind to sin in us. We want to make sure that what's in here is good. So I love this. God gives us a bit of help. John, new book. You're going to love it too. Here we go. John 16, 5 through 15. Did I get ahead of myself? Maybe. Okay. No, I didn't. We're good. John uh, 16, 5 through 15. Bit lengthy, but I'll emphasize the points that I want you to get. But now I am going away to one, uh, sorry. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking me where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because what I've told you, because of what I've told you. But in fact, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. I should have led with that, but that's what's happening. It is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. First part I want, part, part I want you to get. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refused to believe me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more that I want to tell you, but you, uh, there's so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. Second part. 
When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. I'm not going to finish reading. I'm going to leave it there. That's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit comes in and brings about the experience of conviction in a person's heart. It's the Holy Spirit that causes people to recognize their need for the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit that comes in and says, hey, the way you're living, that shouldn't be so. It causes, and it causes a recognition, an opening of your eyes to begin to see a need for the Lord, who, as John 14, 6 tells us, is what? Is truth. It's the Holy Spirit's job. He comes in and he reveals truth. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that leads people to truth. So words, attitudes, conversations of the heart that aren't of God. It's the Holy Spirit that comes and opens your eyes to recognize this. Oh, this isn't truth. Or, oh, that's not of God. That's the work of the Spirit. Okay. So, we want to have hearts that are, like we've said in worship today, right? Free, full of who God is, full of God's promises, rivers of living water flowing out of us. We want all of that. So it's a good habit to get into to actually ask the Holy Spirit to take a look. Right? Right. Okay, so you see where I'm going, and if you agree with what I'm saying, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. When I lead myself in, but I want to lead you in it too. So I'll go slow. If you agree with what I'm saying, just repeat after me. Okay. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Open, my open my eyes to recognize destructive words, destructive words. Bad, attitudes. bad attitudes, conversations and thoughts, conversations and thoughts. of the heart that aren't of you. And cause me, to de- cause me to recognize destructive influences in my life. Everything comes from somewhere. Somewhere along the lines, you or someone of influence in your life convinced you that it was okay to speak a certain way, say things, behave a certain way. All of that comes from somewhere. We don't just want to stop and prevent those things from being spoken in our heart, but we want, to, we want to make sure that back door is closed. We want to make sure the enemy doesn't get to come in and continue to influence. I'll tell you another testimony. Uh, years ago, I was working with someone, a wonderful person in the Lord, and I was working with them, and offhand, they rattled something off. Something came out of their mouth, and I remember going like, okay. Um, and... There was enough relational equity there that I could go, hey, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like you. You don't talk like that. Those aren't, those aren't your words. And, and this was years ago, and I'll never forget it. And, and they looked at me for a split second, and it was like a light bulb. And they said, oh, you're right. My parents said that. They said that to me all the time growing up. And it opened a door for conversation where I could sit and go, oh, how, how do you feel about that? What, what do you think about that? Somewhere along the lines, you either, there was enough truth in something that you said, it's okay to talk this way. It's okay to, to, to speak in my heart this way, in private this way, or it was modeled for you. Somewhere along the line, that happened, that started, 
And the spirit is wanting to come in and root that thing out. Because that, that doesn't get to stick with you your whole life. If you, if you, if you want freedom from that, this is what happens. You, you pray like that. Holy Spirit, search my heart and know me. What's going on in there? Is there something that's not of you? And here's what happens. A lot of times it won't be in a service. I've been at conferences or teachings or in services where something will come to the forefront of my mind that I go, ah, you're really quick to respond to this, God. Uh, and then there's been other times where I walk away and I go, man. But then later on that week, during my regular hours, something will come out and my eyes will be open to seeing it for what it is. And I'll go, oh, oh, yeah, that wasn't godly. Lord, I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? You just repent. That's what you do. God, I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? And then, Lord, show me. Is there an open door to that? Because I want that thing closed in my life, in my heart. Okay. Are you, are you tracking with me? Are we all, all flowing together? Okay, cool. Okay, so this, what I've just led us through, really is actually the practical application of Psalms 139, 23 through 24. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. It's just an honest prayer. God, keep my heart pure. Okay. So now we've talked about how we find and remove those wrong words. That's part of it. We want to learn how to put the right words in us. Okay. Okay, I'm going to read you a verse. Yeah, let's do that. It's a verse we're kind of familiar with. It's Psalms 119. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole verse. It's Psalms 119, and it's the beginning portion uh, between 9 and 11. It talks about how can a young man keep his way pure by hiding your word. Now, how can a young man keep his way pure and not sin against God? It's by hiding God's word in your heart. How do we, how do we hide God's word in our heart? Because remember, God's looking for things hidden that aren't of him. So that means there's supposed to be things hidden that are from him. So how do we do that? We hide truth in our heart this way. You've heard it said a lot around here, declare the word, right? Declare scripture. We hear that a lot. That's something we believe in. That's something we believe we're supposed to do according to the word of God. A declaration becomes a belief. It actually becomes hidden when you put your feet to it. It can't just be words you've memorized. You've got to actually live it. At some point in life, you've got to get up and just start walking in the kingdom. I can't just quote Isaiah. I can't just quote Romans. I can't just quote, quote, quote. Remember, God said, you had a great head knowledge of me, but you were whitewashed. The inside was empty. There was no relationship. We don't just want to quote, 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 quote. At some point, you've got to live it. And when you step out in faith and you live it and you go, okay, that voice doesn't belong in my life anymore. That person is an unhealthy influence. I'm going to just, I need to cut ties with that. And Lord, will you forgive me for the way I speak and what I've been saying because that's not good either. That's living it. Now that word of truth is going from here and it's making its way down into your heart, deep into your heart to be hidden. Why? So you don't forget it. You can forget a lot of things you memorize, but it's hard to forget things you've lived. We were created to have rivers of living water flowing out of our mouths. Ryan was giving that word. I love that at the end of worship when you were saying that, Pastor. 
those rivers of living water, it's the truth of the word that's hidden in you, the stuff that you've put down deep. That's where that's coming from. When it comes to the word of God, this right here, think of it this way. God provides the materials and the strength. You provide the time and the labor, and together you build the walls around your heart and mind that keep the enemy out, those destructive words out those unhealthy influences out, so that the truth that gets down deep in there, that springs forth rivers of living water. So when life provokes you, you don't just rattle off something that God didn't put in you. When life provokes you, you've actually got living water coming out of you onto people. The world has an understanding of what's out there, but when they experience the power of who God is, the power of God in a person's life, it changes them. Theology's go out the window. Beliefs that they've had go out the window. Um, bad habits, practice, it all goes out the window because they just bumped into somebody who has something true. They just bumped into somebody who has truth so down deep in them. They go, oh, you've lived this. This is real. That's what they're looking for, something real and something true. So instead of just having head knowledge, we want to have a personal relationship. We want to have the word in us in a way that we're walking in the kingdom. That's, that's what this is. It's walking in the truth, walking in the power of authority. The worship team wants to come up, Ryan. I don't know quite how we're ending this, but I'm just going to trust that you're going to walk up here in a second, and uh, we're going to do this. Uh, so this is it. I want you to, I'm going to end on, on close on this note, and that's, and that's this. God gave us his son. He gave us his spirit, and he gave us the keys to his kingdom. You and I were meant to walk in all three. We don't get to pick and choose. We just get to discover. We just get to discover. And it's a wonderful discovery. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray as worship's getting set up. And we're going to see what else God wants to do this morning. Okay. Father God, Lord, our heart is a real relationship with you. Our heart is a personal relationship, God, where we do what you say to do. It's your way all the way. So, Father God, I just ask that where the enemy is robbed, where there's been lies and sin, where there's things in the heart that you want to transplant, that you want to pull out, God, I ask you to do it. And I pray that as we step into truth, that we would also step into callings and that that would begin to spring up in our church. Obedience gives glory to you. And so, God, that's what we want. We want to give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Such a good word. So fine. I won't re-preach everything he said, but just as a confirmation, I don't even remember the address because it was just my own devotional time this morning, but somewhere in Psalms, it says that if you wrap yourself in God's word, he'll wrap you with his presence. I was like, ha ha, I never read that before. But I mean, it make, I, mean I understood it as truth, but I don't remember reading those exact words. That if I just clothe myself, my heart, if I clothe myself with his words of truth and life, and I continue to say, no, this is the standard. No, this is how I'm going to live. This is what I'm going to do. His presence comes on, which means power, that living water, right? I want to be effective in sharing the love of God. And it only comes when I've done my job to wrap myself with the truth of God's word. 
this is how it is. Then his presence comes, his power flows. So, so good, so good. I just do, as we, uh, as we stand to, to close worship and sing one last worship song, I'm gonna ask some leaders to come forward. And if you just felt like there was something that, that testimony that Jake gave, that he said, I'll never do that. And something specific is resonating in you that you know you need to release to get over. And you'd like just some prayer over that. We're available to pray. If you need prayer for anything, like we're praying for Pastor Greg to get healed. Do you have something you want prayer over? Prayer is just available. Um, but I encourage you, let's be doers of this word. Let's not just hear it and say, oh, that's great. Good job, Pastor Jake. What is that for you? How are you taking it home? What are you going to do with this? So um, maybe I'll say a quick little prayer. Some worship, some leaders come up front. We'll sing a worship song. We'll dismiss you after the song. But if you need prayer for anything, coming up. So God, I thank you for your word. God, that it's practical. It doesn't just stir our emotions. It gives us, your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light into our path. It gives us specific actions that we can do. So I thank you that you've set before us, God, an opportunity. And there's those here, God, this morning that they're gonna say yes. They're gonna walk in the direction that you say. They're gonna be obedient. And because of it, God, today they're gonna walk in freedom. They're gonna walk in blessing. They're gonna have the joy.